Welcome to the Profitable Python. I'm your host, Ben McNeil, and on this episode, this is I want to talk with you about part four of my response to the Jordan Belfort interview with Grant Cardone. And I bring this up because basically, as software developers and our task to monetize our programming skills, there's a lot of nuggets that I think we can get out of this. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there's not these sales podcasts out there that are oriented towards people in our space. But I really, when I, when I got um, exposed to this information, I just, I saw so much, so many nuggets that apply to what we're trying to do here. Uh, the manifesto of the profitable Python and monetizing our programming skills. I wanted to share this with you folks. So let's jump into it right here. So, um, okay. So they were talking about sales tactics and like tricks and they were going back and forth. And basically this concept came up that the trick is that there is no tricks. And um, Grant, he, Grant Cardone was kind of going through some of these uh, parts. He was basically saying like somebody has an interest or a need and maybe, you know, their interest on a scale of one to 10 is somewhere on there. But until you talk with them, you haven't identified like where they are on there. You know, are they a zero? Are they a 10? Is their need a zero or a 10 for what you have to offer? Like this is the, this is the trick, if you will, but it's not really a trick. It's just, you know, going through the process and then, you know, figuring out like, you know, this thing had like establishing like, okay, this thing costs a certain amount of money. Is this within your price range, for example, for the value that's being delivered? And then just determining if they have the ability to even make the decision. I mean, I, the, the sales experiences that I've gone through, I mean, I've even used this myself to wiggle out of it, uh, of the phone call. Um, just, <laughs> I don't know, like what, you know, why can't you just be like straightforward with people? I mean, sometimes it's just easier to be like, Oh, uh, let me talk with my wife about it and I'll get back to you. And then you just never call them again. That's certainly like, I don't know. It's just a form of procrastination, but I mean, you could argue that either the product wasn't a fit or their message was a little off or something, but you know, making sure that the person on the other end of that phone or that, that conversation is the decision maker. This is the, these are like the tricks of the trade they were talking about. So I thought you'd get some information about that. You know, I've gone through, I mean, I'll tell you guys straight up. This is, I've gone through like competitor products other people that sell like coaching, like high dollar coaching and stuff, I'll go through their whole program, man. I'll do, I'll, I'll do, I'll sign up for the free information. I'll get on the free coaching call with them. I'll go through the two hour phone call and like, I'll just sit there and just download all this information into my brain, like how they do their sales process. And then I'll intentionally say things like, oh, I need to talk with my wife, this and that. And just to see kind of like how, people are navigating these cause like, you know, it, they call it offer hacking. And, uh, I just highly encourage you. Like if you've never done offer hacking, there's an incredible, like people pump like millions of dollars into like their sales funnel and like how their message works and the whole, the whole, um, sequence of events, like what this, what they lead you through in order to, you know, get you to pull your credit card out of your wallet and swipe it with them type thing. So I have seen this firsthand where people have had different, like some, like basically they won't, some people won't even get on a phone call with you until they've established that you understand this product is going to cost money and 
to make like basically I've I've seen stuff like where they basically will penalize you. They're basically saying like we'll get a phone call on you. We're investing our resources in this, and all we ask in return is that you are you know prepared and have all the right people in the room because once this phone call is over, like this offer goes away. So like they talk about it in like a scarcity thing. Um, I've seen this happen before where like they basically are making sure like they're trying to address all these things like the, you know, are you the person that has the, like, are you allowed to swipe that credit card or do you need your wife in the room? If so, make sure you were both on the phone call when you schedule that with us, because that's, this offer will not be available after then. And we're not going to take the whole like wife thing, not being available to, to conversate about this. So Anyway, I, maybe I'm just nerding out a little bit here with you folks, but I find this super fascinating, basically, that these guys are arguing about how there's no tricks and then just offer hacking other people's funnels and um, seeing how different people, some people, like, they don't even acknowledge these things. You know, is this improving their closing rate? I don't know, but I find it interesting. I mean, the people that are growing the fastest, if you can believe, like, the numbers that they're saying... Like they engage in this process of kind of like establishing these things up front before the before you even get on the sales call to the point where like the sales call is even like a Q&A. Like what other questions do you have before you swipe your card? Like that's like the whole expectation. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Like I just do it strictly for educational purposes. And since I don't have infinite cash, I don't swipe my card all that often. But I will go through their sales funnel and try and figure out, you know, how are they how are they going about doing this? Because they pump millions of dollars into this process already. We have certainly talked about the tricks. And so we can talk about the next note here. So let's see here. They were ta- they were talking a little bit about real estate investing and how... Um, so I think that they're basically saying, like, where would you invest in real estate type thing? And the guy was basically saying where it's warm where it's tax-free, and ultimately where the laws, like the legislation or the regulation, is set up in a way where you can actually like own your property and get paid. So, you know, translating real estate investing into nuggets that are actionable for software development, I think it just makes a lot of sense to, to realize like the regulatory environment that you're operating in if and just being cognizant of that like if you're doing a lot of email marketing there's certain like rules and regulations around that if you're marketing to certain people in certain states certain states have i mean there's like refund policy type things that are different uh they call it like consumer protection stuff i think but it's just good to be cognizant of like you know if you're doing if you're doing targeted ads in California, Denver, Phoenix, Austin, Texas, and New York City, like just realize that it, there could be implications just for like marketing in those areas that would make you more or less successful. And that's kind of what I got out of that nugget already. So there was another thing I thought this was crazy because there's a, there's a huge craze right now. If you're online, you're seeing like coaching, you know, like all this like all this coaching stuff. And they're basically saying that you can't stay rich working hard. You can get rich working hard, but you can't stay rich working hard. And what they're basically talking about is somewhere down the line, 
Like, like coaching is not uh, like that money. Even if you had like a, like some of these people that are doing coaching, like business coaching and stuff, it's like five thousand bucks ahead, and twelve weeks later, like you know, you're on their like there's no more like real direct interaction with you. Like it's a five, 12 weeks, five grand, you're done type thing. Like somewhere down the line, if you were on the receiving end of that, like that is not even a sustainable business model, which is crazy to think about. Cause like technically, like if you get like a thousand customers a year, like you're just raking in major cash. So and you're probably spending a ton of cash on advertising too, but the, you know, where do you take your money and and put it into other things, for example? And they were talking about real estate and how like uh, one of the nuggets they're basically saying here is like this, like one of the dumbest things you can do with your money is put when it comes to real estate is putting it into like a single family home. And uh, Grant Cardone was talking about this concept of like he he lives he basically like the buildings that he lives in he rents like he owns the building he in in a sense he's renting from that building and then other people rent from that building and that's the only place where you want to actually put your money when it comes to real estate and until you can get to that point basically stack your cash up but that's kind of like the end game uh but this like certainly do your own research on on this piece but i thought that was kind of an interesting topic where it's like okay you know, what is the end game? Like how far out can you look at that end game is, you know, (laughs) there's just, there's major value in really having like clarity with the end in mind. And we've talked about that a lot on this podcast, but when that conversation came up between these two sales gurus, it was just like the, the light bulb triggered. And I wanted to share that with you folks. All right, let's see here. They were talking about how the idle idle mind is the devil's workshop. And so um, that was what perpetuates them to continue to work. And they work, they work to, because they don't want an idle mind. Like one guy was like, Hey, like I'm passionate about this. That's why I do this. And the other guy's like, ah, it's just work. Like, you know, like, what am I going to go do? Go like, go do drugs or something like go. Cause he, uh, apparently they had, um, these problems in the past. So he's basically like, I work to just like keep my mind going type thing. So I thought that was kind of interesting dynamic between like one guy was passionate and one of them was just like, ah, it's just like what I do type thing. Um, yeah, the big moral of the story here, I think is just make sure you're not doing stupid stuff with your money and, and it's okay. You know, like if you buy like a fancy watch or something like that, just don't, don't do that with money that you worked for is what they were basically saying. Instead, you know, buy that fancy watch with money that has kind of come from cash flow from the an investment that you did put your hard earned money into. So I guess that's like end end game stuff, but it makes a lot of sense. Like only buy things that give you return, like actual cash flow and then do your spending on like frivolous things with that cash flow if you must type thing. And uh, last but not least, I thought this was pretty cool. They're basically saying what makes money <clears throat> in real estate is the deal. And I would argue in software development and even just like negotiating pay at a, at a, at a day job, you know, 
the money the money is made when you at that negotiating table when you're developing the contract for the work or the contract for the the labor like if you're doing a day job type thing or contract for the real estate investment like the money is made in the deal so as far as like you know making sure that you're good with your message like you don't have those conversations all the time so when those do when they do arise you know you want to be prepared for those and getting back into like investing in yourself and being prepared for those scenarios where it's like kind of like that Pareto rule like maybe you engage in those conversations like 20% of the time but that's where all your money is made and um, so I thought that was really enlightening I hope you enjoyed this series of podcasts I really enjoyed putting this together for you folks I got a ton of nuggets that I want to integrate into my business I hope you do the same too make sure you share your reviews on iTunes if you believe in the message of this podcast that's how we're going to get the podcast to the top of the rankings, folks, and help more people. And I'd love to hear your uh, successes with these stories. Are they inspiring? Are you putting them to work? Is it complete garbage? Don't hold back. I want to hear everything you got to say. And uh, make sure to, if you want to email me to uh, share that feedback, you can also catch me at, uh, it's ben at profitablepython.fm. And that is also the website, profitablepython.fm. And I will talk to you folks soon. Peace out.